What's up, family? How y'all doing? What's up, cousins? Y'all know y'all cousins by now because I'm in here with my, my family, Jerry Flowers and Tanisha Flowers. What's up, family? What's up, cousins? I'm so excited to be able to share a word with you on today. Listen, coming from Memphis here in Houston, I have a word to speak right to your spirit. I hope y'all ready. Go ahead. I'm ready. Go ahead and type. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the title of today's message. You are not my assignment. Go ahead and type it for somebody else. You are not my assignment. I'm ready. I'm ready. God has a life-changing word for you on today. I need you to go ahead and silence all distractions. Lord, bless your people. Bless us on today to hear your word, to receive your word, make our hearts fertile, open our ears and our eyes. Help us to receive what you have for us on today. God, in the name of Jesus, bring glory to your name. We lift you up right now because, God, we believe you have a word that will speak to our lives, speak to our hearts, speak to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, you are not my assignment. Go ahead and type that one more time. I'm excited. I can't even be still. Listen, let me tell you this. These are some chains. This is a chain, everybody. You see this? This is a chain. And these here are some more chains, right? These are different chains. And these chains are connected. Imagine they're connected to different things and different people. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make it clear. I'm going to make it clear. Just give me one second. I'm trying to give an illustration. I'm bound in some chains, right? You see this? I'm bound in some chains. And the chains I have are connected to different things and different people. I'm in some chains, y'all. I'm in some chains. And the chains that I have that are binding me are also attached to some other things and some other people. All right, all right, let, let, let me help. Let me make it clear, let me make it clear. The thesis for this message, it's clear. If you don't know your purpose, you run a high risk of being chained to people and things unnecessarily. Let me say it a different way. <laughs> if you don't know your purpose, you run a high risk of being chained to unnecessary people and unnecessary things. I need you to get this, the thesis, because if you miss the thesis of today's message, you won't understand when we start talking about Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, because I have to read a few verses today, and I apologize in advance, because I got a few verses that I have to read, but you gotta understand the, the, the thesis behind this. If you don't know your purpose, you run a high risk of making other people and other things your assignment and God never called them to be your assignment. Oh, oh, now, now, now understand this. I have a difficult, unique, and a great task today. On one hand, 
I'm going to reflect upon our previous series on discernment, right? On the other hand, I'm going to look and prepare us for the series that's about to start in just a few days. Kingdom principles, kingdom assignments, kingdom vibes only. Oh, so, so, so I'm going to do both things in one message. So I need you to be attentive because I need you to understand you are not my assignment. Because here's the thing. If you don't know your purpose, you'll find yourself chained to people and things unnecessarily. What do I mean by that? Trying to save your best friend, trying to fix your mom your dad or, or trying to make your child be who you want them to be or trying to save a co-worker that doesn't want to be saved or trying to make people like you, you will find yourself chained to different things and different people. And, and, and in 2021 coming or still in the pandemic, but trying to come out of it, many people have lost a sense of focus. Many of us have lost uh, our, our, our focus on our purpose and what we found ourselves doing is losing our encouragement, losing our footing, losing what God has given us. But I want to help you on today. I want to teach you how to discern and understand what is or what is not your assignment, right? Hmm? I'm going to help you today because we're going to look at Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles and Jehoshaphat is going to speak directly to our lives. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. In 2 Chronicles chapter 18, we're going to talk about two people, Jehoshaphat and Ahab. They both were kings. They both were royalty, right? I want to talk about their alliance with one another, right? One was the king of Israel. The other was the king of Judah. And I want to talk about these two people with a hyper focus on Jehoshaphat, right? Somebody type, you are not my assignment. That, that man, you're trying to get your ex-spouse to see how they made a mistake. You're trying to get some people to apologize. You running up behind people. No, they, they're not your assignment. Not your purpose, but I'm going to help you on today. I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to help equip you so you can get your foothold, right? Right? Watch this. In, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, it says, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. Underline that. I'm going to give you the message while I'm, while I'm reading. Underline that. And, my, and by marriage, he allied himself with King Ahab. Circle that. A few years later, he went to Samaria to visit Ahab, who prepared a great banquet for him and his officials. They butchered great numbers of sheep, goats, and cattle for the feast. Then Ahab, watch this, Ahab convinced Jehoshaphat to join forces with him to recover remote Gilead. He convinced Jehoshaphat to go to war with him. Oh, yeah, okay. You can circle that too. Will you go to Ramoth Gilead? King Ahab of Israel asked King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Jehoshaphat replied, watch this. 
Why, of course, you and I are as one and my troops are your troops. We will certainly join you in battle. If you got a highlighter, I need you to highlight all of that. Absolutely. You, you're going to war. I'm going to go to war with you. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to ask you why. I'm just going to join you in battle. Everything that we have belongs to you. Let's go to war together. Oh, oh the messages are I'm, I'm sweating already. Look, look. And then it says in verse four. Then Jehoshaphat added, but first let's find out what the Lord says. It gets good from here. I, I, I wanted to discern, should we go to battle? I want to ask God for clarity is what Jehoshaphat says to Ahab. So the king of Israel summoned 400 prophets and asked him, should we go to war and remote Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead. God's going to give you the victory. Put a question mark by, by, beside that, right? But Jehoshaphat asks, is there not also another prophet of the Lord <laughs> where, where we should ask him the same question? Are y'all reading the same Bible that I'm reading? Oh. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Why do you hate him, Ahab? Because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Kingdom language. We'll come back to that. Then the king of Israel called one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, son of Imla, quickly. In verse 9, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Clothe themselves in royal robes. See, I wish I had a royal robe right now so you can see the image. They both, both kings, both are royalty, both are quote unquote kingdoms. So they put their robes on, right, right? And they sat on their thrones and they sat at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. But we're going to fast forward to 14 because I got to get to the point that you are not my assignment. What is my purpose? What should and who should I be aligned with God? And so we're going to find out here. And so it says in verse 14, did Micaiah arrive before the king? Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against remote Gilead or should I hold back? That's the second inquiry. The second time he asked the question, the second time he asked God for clarity. <laughs> Micaiah replied sarcastically, yeah, go up. God's going to give you the, 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 the victory. Then he asks again in verse 15, how many times must I demand you to speak only the truth of God to me? Then Micaiah told him, in a vision I saw Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. So Micaiah, the prophet of God, begins to provide clarity to Jehoshaphat because on three different occasions, Jehoshaphat wanted to know, should we go to war with King Ahab? He finally gets his answer. No, you shouldn't because somebody going to die. Keep walking with me. Keep walking with me. I'm almost finished. Verse 28. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to remote Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and we will go into battle, 
But you, Jehoshaphat, put on your robes. I don't want them to recognize me. And the Bible says that they went into battle. But when you keep reading on your own, what you're going to discover is they go into battle. Jehoshaphat looks like royalty. He looks like kingdom. But what you will discover is that when they go into battle, because Ahab decided to take off his royalty, take off his his clothes, take so nobody recognized him to be kingdom. Right. So he took it off because he wanted to disguise himself. Somebody say pretend. They go into battle and guess what happens? Ahab gets killed. Jehoshaphat now has to run back home. And he has to repent because they let him know, since you've been hanging with Ahab, you've lost your way. All of God's people said together, <laughs> amen, amen. You are not my assignment. Messing around, making someone your assignment will cause you to lose your life, your power, your anointing. But, but let me help you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a relationship that was draining? Have you ever had an alliance, a covenant with someone, and every time you left their presence, you just felt depleted? Every time you leave their house, every time you leave from around them, you're just heavy. You just got to repent. You just, you're angry. You're upset. Have you ever had a friendship where you're the one always doing the encouraging you're the one always doing the building up. You're the one always trying to help them with their vision, trying to help them. But nobody ever is 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 reciprocating. Have you ever been in that situation before? <laughs> have you ever just ha, have you ever been in a situation, a relationship, family, whatever it is, family, romantic, friend, coworker, where you knew and you said to yourself, if I don't help them. They're not going to get help. If I don't do it, they won't do it themselves. They need me because if I don't do what I'm supposed to do and help them, they're not going to, to be able to achieve the results that they want. Have you ever told yourself that? Many times we enter into covenants. We enter into alliances with people. And we make their problems our problems because we think that we can fix them or that they actually need us. And if we don't do what we can do, then they, there's no help to be had. Let me, let me give you a public service announcement. You are not Jesus. You are not the Messiah. And if you actually study scripture, you will discover that there are many times where Jesus went to a place and helped people and also left there not helping everybody. Even Jesus knew that I can't be, I'm not going to be everything to everybody. But many times the reason why you're drained, the reason why you're depleted is because you're trying to be everything to everybody and these people or these things were never an assignment that God told you to pick up. I'll keep I'm pre, I'm, I'm just going to preach. I, I, look at this. Look at this. Let me, let, let me let me reveal to you the first the, the, the first issue. Jehoshaphat asked God for discernment. Hey 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 hey, hey. let's ask God 
What does he think we should do? I want to ask God for clarity. Have you ever asked, Lord, should I do this? Should I go here? Should I pick up this job? Should I move into this relationship? Should I get married? But that's not it. Don't, don't subscribe too soon. He asked God for discernment, but still chose to do the thing that he planned to do pre-consultation. See? He said, let's see what God has to say. On three different occasions, he inquired, what does God want us to do? And even after he got his answer, he still chose to go to war. <laughs> the problem with this is that he said yes. And after he said yes, he wanted to see, hey, God, do you think I should go? Many times we, we will ask God for clarity, right? Well, ask God, should we do this? But we already want, what we really want is for God to confirm what we want him to, what we want him to do, right? You, he said, yes, let's go to war. Everything I have belongs to you. Oh, let, let's ask God what God, what God desires. God, we're going to go to war. Is that okay? No, it's not okay. Hey, let's go ahead and go to war. How many times have you asked God for something when you already have in your heart that you're going to do it anyway. I'll keep on. I'll keep on. He chooses to ask for clarity, right? He asks for clarity, but then he joins forces with someone who compromises his power. No, don't, 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 uh-uh. I don't want you to disengage. No, uh get you, uh No, you, you need to listen to this message. He, Jehoshaphat, asks God, God, I need discernment. Should I, should we go to war? Should, should we do this? And when I got my answer, I still chose to get in covenant with that person who compromised my anointing. As a result of me being close in covenant with this person, I'm no longer as close to God as I was. Now we're looking at the text. The text says this. The text teaches this. That's number one. That's the first problem. The second problem is this. Jehoshaphat borrows someone else's battle. Oh, you need to write that down right now. I'd throw this computer if I didn't need it for the notes. Jehoshaphat borrows a battle that belonged to someone else. He chose to enter into a battle that had no connection to his purpose or to God's will for his life. He said yes, and the battle that he entered into did not accentuate his calling, his purpose, his nothing, his gifts are nothing. He borrows someone else's battle. He did something that many of us often do. The mistake that we often make is that we will borrow other people's pain, other people's offenses, other people's history, and other people's hurt. And so he enters into a battle not asking any critical questions. And as a result of entering into this battle, he don't know that Ahab had been at war with this person on three different occasions. And according to study, there was no reason that he was actually entering into this battle. You don't know what someone else is dealing with, and yet you want to pick up their battle. That's the reason why you drained now. You fighting a battle that belongs to somebody else, and they're not even fighting the battle. Oh, oh, what, what, what? Uh all right, so watch this, watch this. Number three, Jehoshaphat 
made an alliance with someone who was a king who he thought he had something in common with. All right, you don't want to talk to me? I'll talk to myself. How about that? How about that? He joins forces. He builds an alliance with someone he thought he has. He's a king. He's royalty. He has an army. People look up, you, you know what? We should be in covenant because we have something in common. Just because you have something in common doesn't mean you got to enter into an alliance with someone. But I'm here all the way from Memphis, Tennessee to make sure I help you on today. Listen, look at the text. This alliance ends up being the worst decision of his life. Because he did not use discernment the way that he should have used. He enters into this covenant with King Ahab. And it drags him down. But what you need to understand is this. Jehoshaphat goes into war with King Ahab. And Ahab uses all of his resources. All right. Now, now I'll make sure that I don't miss you. Jehoshaphat goes into war. And the reason why Ahab asked him to go into war is because Jehoshaphat has a bigger army. Jehoshaphat has better weapons. And so Ahab wants Jehoshaphat to enter into the battle because what is happening is Ahab needs to use all of his resources because he sees that Jehoshaphat has greater power than I. And if I can just enter into a covenant with him, I can use him for what he has. See, here's the issue. Many of the covenants that you're in, people just want you for what you can do for them, not because of who you are. And so he enters into this covenant because Ahab needs him for what he has. Jehoshaphat, yeah, I have all these riches. I have all this fame, but I'm going to choose to give you everything. And they enter into war and all of these people on Jehoshaphat's side. Lives are at risk because I made someone and something my assignment and God never told me that they were a part of my purpose. How do I know if this is my assignment? How do I know when I am in an expired season? How do I know when I need to let go? How do I know this person is not for me? This job is not for me. Just because you have something in common doesn't mean you need to go into a business venture with somebody. Just because you have something in common doesn't mean you say, I do. I'm trying to, I, 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 I. Let, me, let me just preach to myself. <laughs> type something, type something. Listen, listen, watch this. Let me help you. This is where everything shifts. The real issue in this text is that we're overlooking what I call the stewardship principle. Somebody type, my life is a stewardship principle. The stewardship principle, you will find the principle of stewardship in Luke chapter 16. We don't have to go there, but make that your homework. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus begins to reveal what he calls the stewardship principle. And the thing about the stewardship principle is that what Jesus teaches us is that you have to be faithful with the little things. And when you're faithful with the little things, and I'll give you 
greater things. And another thing about the stewardship principle is you have to be faithful with other people's things. And when you're faithful with what belongs to other people, then I'll give you something to own yourself. Everything about your life is about the stewardship principle. Jehoshaphat has a discernment problem. He has a decision-making problem, but he also has a stewardship problem. I'm going to make it all make sense, right? I'm going to make it make sense. Here's the thing. Every decision that you make should be about stewarding your time, stewarding your energy, stewarding your resources, and your relationship. Everything you do should be a, Lord, I want to be a good steward over everything you have given me. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat had riches in abundance, but he was not a good steward of what God had gave him. The problem with you is that you're not a good steward over your energy. You're not a good steward of your time over your relationships and over your resources. And as a result, you give them to people. You give them to other people because you want to make them happy. And you don't know when you don't know your purpose. You run a higher risk of mismanaging your resources, mismanaging your energy, your relationships, because I'm not fully clear about who and what God has called me to be and do. I, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Because sometimes we partner with people and do things before we get clarity from God, before God tells us it's okay. The same thing happens in this text. What happens? He says, yes, I'm going to enter into covenant with you. I'm going to fight a battle with you no matter whatever you need. I don't care why you're fighting this battle. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to give you a yes, and then I'll talk to God afterwards. Sometimes... We choose partners who are not in alignment with our assignment. We see it in this text right now, today, live and in living color. Jehoshaphat enters into an alignment with someone who has nothing to do with his assignment, his purpose, or anything. And the question I ask you, who are you giving the honor of your covenant? Who are you giving the honor of your covenant. Jehoshaphat, yes, I'll go. I'll, I'll, God will confirm what I already said I'm going to do. That's not how it works. You need to seek God first and then obey what you understand or what you hear. But he says yes first, and then he asks God to confirm what I've already said I'm going to do. That's not how discernment works. But I, I'm going to make it all make sense. I'm a, here, here we go. Here we go. Hmm. Everyone who is on your side isn't going to be in your corner. Jehoshaphat, I know you think that because you're in alliance with him and both of y'all are quote-unquote royalty and kingdom, I know you think that everything is well. That man can care less about you. When you are no longer helping him, Jehoshaphat, he will let you go because you are only as good for what you can do for him. I'm going to try to help you because you are not my assignment. Somebody say, you know what? That was not my assignment. That thing was not my assignment. That person was not my assignment. That job was not my assignment. You can let it go. I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you today. Now, now look, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you this. A couple of reasons why we end up saying yes when we should say no. There are... Two or three reasons, three reasons why we say yes when we should have said no. Jehoshaphat, why did you say yes when you should have said no? 
You clearly should not have entered into that war and borrowed someone else's battle. You knew in your gut that you shouldn't be fighting that battle because that's why you wanted, hey, what does God have to say about this? Oh, you saw something. You felt something, which is why even after the prophet said, yeah, go to battle, he said, no, is there one more prophet that we can ask? Because deep down in my soul, I know that I shouldn't. And so then you hear, no, no you shouldn't. And then you know you shouldn't, but you still say, yes, I do. And then now you married and you upset because you didn't have the courage to follow your conviction. Jehoshaphat, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to offend you. A couple of reasons. Your self-worth and your valued is tied to fixing people. The reason why, Jehoshaphat, you said yes when you should have said no is because your self-worth and your value is tied to fixing people and being everything for everyone. That's your problem. Your problem is you can't say no because if you fix someone and you help someone, that's where you get your self-worth from. Number two. The reason why you say yes when you should say no is because you're unclear about your purpose. And because you're unclear about your purpose, you confuse being occupied and busy with being fulfilled. Just because your calendar is busy, just because you got a whole lot going on, that does not mean that you're actually fulfilled. I'll keep on. I'll keep on. I got I to gotta get to the meat. I, I still got something I need to share with y'all, right? Number three. Because we don't know how to say no, and we would much rather deplete ourselves than disappoint someone else. I don't know how to say no, because when I was a child, I remember when I said no, and then someone left, and my daddy left, or my mom left, or my cousin left, and as a result, I just refuse to say no, because I don't like people leaving my life, and I don't want people being upset with me, so I'd much rather say yes, although I'm depleting myself. I will deplete myself instead of disappointing someone else, and so I won't say no. Jehoshaphat, you should have said no. But yet you made that person your assignment. I'm talking to you right now. You made that thing your assignment. You asked God. God tried to speak to you, but you ignored it. And you thought just because you have something in common with that thing, with that place, you, you thought that you can make it and manipulate this thing to be God's will. Mm. How did that work out? Keep on, keep on, Isaac. Let me, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. It's not just a stewardship problem because your life is a stewardship principle. Everything you do should be based upon steward. Am I being a good steward? But it was also a purpose problem. Watch this. You have your purpose. You have your passion. You have your gift and your skills. And then you have your assignments. Did you, did you get that? I'm, I'm going to make it make sense. All right. You have your purpose. Your purpose is what you were created to do. You have your passion. Your passion is what you like to do. You have your gifts and you have your talents and that's what you know how to do. And then you have your assignment and that is what you do, that task, that short-term task that you do that will somehow accentuate or develop either your purpose, your passion, your gift, or your skills. Let me, make, let me come back because I, I think I moved too quick. You have your purpose. This is what you were created to do. You have your passion. That's what you like to do. 
You have your gift and your skills. That's what you know how to do. And then you have your assignment. Your assignment is a short-term task that is designed to help to develop either your purpose, your passions, or your gifts and skills. The problem with many of us is that you have entered into assignments with people and things that don't speak to your purpose, doesn't speak to your passion, doesn't help to enhance your gifts or your skills. You just said yes, and now you made things and people your assignment that are depleting you and have nothing to do with your calling, nothing to do with what God has called you to do. See, that's the problem. Ahab, you made him your assignment. It didn't help your military. It didn't help your kingdom. It didn't help your purpose. It didn't help your skill. None of that. When we move through life, we have to understand that we're going to have different assignments, short-term assignments. And these assignments are designed to help to develop and enhance our gifting, our skills, our passions, our purpose. Let me make it a little more clear for you. Adam, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, right? Most people believe that Adam's purpose was to go into the garden and to till the ground. Right? Be fruitful, right? You know, just, you know, just till the ground. God put him in the garden and his purpose was to go into the garden and to till the soil and to tend to the trees and make sure everything was good. That was not Adam's purpose. Adam's purpose was to go into all of the world, to be fruitful and to multiply, to take God's presence into all of the world, right? His assignment was to go into the garden. When he was in the garden, he was developing skills. He was developing his gift. He was developing the things that he was going to need so that when he went out into the world, he would be able to be better off because of his assignment. I completed the assignment that I had because this assignment helped to develop my patience. My long suffering, it taught me how to develop things, cultivate things, right? And so I'm faithful with my assignment until my assignment has expired. And when my assignment expires, then I can move to the next thing because it speaks to my purpose. How many times have you been in a garden that God didn't assign to you? And you're in the garden doing things that have nothing to do with your purpose, your gifts, your passion, but you're just doing it because you couldn't say no. Jehoshaphat, Ahab wasn't your assignment. Ahab, going to battle was something you chose to do. God wasn't on that. You chose that even after you asked for clarity. Why ask for clarity if you're not going to obey what you see, obey what you hear and understand, Jehoshaphat? I'm talking to you right now. You stressed right now, which is a mismanagement of your energy. You're stressed right now because there's an assignment that you've taken upon your life that God never told you to. I know that your family, I know that you love them, but just because you love them doesn't mean you save them. You can't save them. Jesus can. You can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. You're trying to fix and be everything for everybody. And that's why you can't be anything for yourself. Preach. I, I preach. I keep preaching. All right. All right. So, so let me help you. Let me help you. When you look at this, many of us make people and things our assignments that we should not. Right. And when you don't know your purpose, you'll make everything and everybody your assignment. If when you don't know your purpose, you'll make other people your purpose. And when they don't do what you thought they should do, then you're stressed out. When you're unclear about your purpose, 
You will make everybody your assignment. And when you're irresponsible with your assignment, you confuse distractions with kingdom appointments. Uh-uh-uh. I got one more thing I need to give you. How do you assess whether an alliance is for you? How, how do I know then if this is going to be my assignment? Ask these questions. Is this relationship purposeful? Is this relationship beneficial? Is this relationship reciprocal? Is this relationship spiritual? Is this relationship distressful? I'm going to say it one more time. I know I, know I spoke quick, but I need, to, I need you to get it all down. You can press rewind after this, right? But I need you to ask these questions. This helps you to understand, is this my assignment? Is this something I should be giving attention to? Right? this. Is this relationship beneficial? Does it point to your purpose? In other words, does this relationship point to my purpose? Is this relationship, uh, that's, is this relationship purposeful? That's what you ask. When it, is this relationship purposeful? Meaning, does it point to my purpose? Is this relationship beneficial? Do I gain anything helpful from saying yes? One of these things has to be a yes, right? Aside being distressful. Like, is it the problem with many of us? You are afraid to say, should I, I, I need to get something from this yes. It's, it's not wrong to say, am I gaining something from saying yes to you? How does, what do I gain other than stress? I, I, I keep on Isaac. Is this relationship reciprocal? Meaning, does it give back to me? Some of us, the only thing that their relationship gives back to you, you give it your loyalty, it gives you unfaithfulness. You give it your attention, and it ignores you. So, no, no, no. Does it give back to you the things that you need? All right, all right keep on, eyes, keep on. They, they make. Is this relationship spiritual? Does it feed your spirit? All right. Is this relationship distressful? Meaning, does it drain you? Does it burden you? These are questions you have to ask yourself, right? Because if you ask yourself these questions and you can answer these questions, Jehoshaphat, you would have known, you know what? I don't need to enter into this covenant because I'm going to lose a whole lot more than I could possibly gain. He, he, he doesn't care about me. He only cares about what I can do for him. I'll keep on, keep on, keep on. All right. When you look at this text, one of the other things that's powerful, and I bid you a good day. One of the other things that's powerful is that they put on their robes. I wish I had a royal robe right now. They put on their king cloaks because they're kingdom, right? They put on their, their cloaks, and they sat there before the threshing floor and let all the prophets speak to them. And I know Jehoshaphat is saying, you know, I got a robe. I'm kingdom. I go to church. They go to church. We're kingdom. I know we're kingdom. So they're sitting there with their robes on. And so much is wrong with this picture. But as we head to the next series, let me just give you a couple of things about kingdom principles that we get from this whole discernment. Watch this. Just because they wear a royal robe, it doesn't make them kingdom. Write that down. Just because they say they pray doesn't mean they spiritual. Just because they go to church doesn't mean they kingdom. Just because they wear royal robe. Does it mean that their kingdom, another thing, <laughs> when their kingdom, they communicate in a certain language? Why do you say that? Because when he was talking negative about the prophet, Jehoshaphat had to say to Ahab, hey, 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 you're a king. Kings don't talk like that. Ah, you hate him. What? 
You hate him because he tells you the truth. So, so when you're kingdom and kingdom living principles, you must understand that when you're kingdom, you always communicate in a certain language. All right, all right, all right. Come on, Isaac. Come on, Isaac. Let me give you one more. Don't waste your time on people who have a dysfunctional relationship with the truth. What do you mean, Isaac? Look at the text again. Ahab didn't like Micaiah because Micaiah actually told him what thus said the Lord. See, see, Ahab wanted people around him who told him what he wanted to hear. But when someone came around and actually told him, well, you know, God says something otherwise, I don't want to hear that. You don't need to be in alliance with people who have a dysfunctional relationship with the word of God. And whenever there's a dysfunctional relationship with the word of God, you should be going in a different direction. Jehoshaphat, that was enough, but no, you thought you can fix him, Jehoshaphat. You thought you can fix him because you saw right then that he had a dysfunctional relationship with hearing what God had to say. You should say, you know what? You don't deserve my resources. Just because they need you doesn't mean they get to have you. Just because Ahab asked for your help doesn't mean they get to have your help. Just because they said would, they mar would you marry them doesn't mean you're supposed to say yes. Just because they need you doesn't mean they get to have you. Let me get, I, I, I'm, I'm on a roll. But even with that, you don't need their company if they must disguise who they are in public. They're going into war. And Ahab says, hey, Jehoshaphat, I need to disguise myself before we go into battle. I, I, I'm going to disguise who I am. You put on your royal robe. I know you Christian. I know you're holy. I know you listen to God. I'm going to change course as we enter into battle. Listen to me. Listen to me. If they can't be who they are in public, if they can't be who they are in public, they don't need your, your company. Let me give you this one. You will lose many battles when you're unable to be yourself. Ahab died. Partially because he couldn't be true to who he was. You're stressed. You're in alliance. You're in places God never told you to be. And some of those reasons, you're not even being true to yourself. Listen, I want to pray with you. Because what happens in this text is revelatory and relevant even for today. Many of us have said yes to so many things and to so many people at the expense of our own sanity, at the expense of our own purpose, at the expense of our own energy because we don't know how, we don't want to say no, we don't know how to say no, and we don't fully know what God has called me to do. But I wanna speak clarity over your life today. I wanna speak obedience over your life today. I want your passion to be made clear. I want your purpose to be made clear. I want your skills and your giftings to be made apparent and all these things to be developed. In every assignment I speak over your life today that you enter into, you are going to be faithful with it 
because it's going to be the right assignment and let the assignments that you enter into be the right garden, the right soil, the right plants, the right trees that you need to be giving your energy to. I pray that as you ask for clarity and discernment that God is clear with you and even as God is clear with you, that you learn how to say, yes, Father, this is your will. That person was not your assignment. That thing was not your assignment. What you need to do is today, you got to begin to break those chains. You got to break those chains. Because you can't become who God has called you to become as long as you're chained to other people's expectations. Everybody else's happiness. Everybody else's purpose. What is God calling you to do? That thing may not be your assignment. Or perhaps that assignment has expired. God, we bless you today. Let your word fall upon good ground. God, I pray that the soil of the hearts is fertile, that we receive what you have for us. God, we know the enemy will come to steal what has been sown, but allow us to protect what you have given us today so that the thief cannot steal what has been sown. God, we bless you today. Every chain be broken today. God, we pray for clarity of assignments, clarity of purpose, clarity of passion, gifts, and even our skills. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. We appreciate you all. Have a good day. I'll see you soon.